The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with caller interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Have you suffered from irritability, moodiness? Have you noticed that You've been on a plane recently and people spit up, punch someone, get inebriated and do something foolish. Have you noticed that people are more moody now? They say it's just teenagers, but it's adults. Everybody. If you've noticed that people are getting moody and it's affecting their health, today's your day because we're going to discuss mood and medical intuition. Today's world is very common to see people think that mood is a psych issue. You go to the psych hospital and social and behavioral issues. You either get arrested and sent to the police department, you get committed and sent to the psych hospital, or you get sent to jail. I think we need to understand that mood may be part of a reaction to our environment and be part, ultimately, of medical intuition. Today's world is very common to see people medicating mood, but you really want to numb intuition that lets you know that something in your life is out of balance. You don't want to medicate or numb a form of intelligence. Today's show is going to change your life because it's going to teach you how to use healthy, healthier living through medical intuition. My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. Each week, we take calls live. The number is posted on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, or www.drmonalisa.com. During these readings, it is not a physician-patient relationship. I don't give a diagnosis, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. But during the show, if you are listening to the show on podcasts or anywhere else, understand that these are not going to substitute for what your physician or other practitioner does in your life. If you have a health problem, go directly to an emergency room or your healthcare provider. But know that you can subscribe to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa, podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Today's show is near and dear to my heart. I just got back from a trip to Sarasota where I get hyperbaric oxygen. Absolutely fantastic how these things that you see are really remarkable, what people do. Number one, the beverage intake on a plane is phenomenal. I've never seen anything like it in my life. As soon as you get into a tin can in the air, it's showtime. People 
it's like people drink, 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 drink. Now, this may be nervousness. This may be crowding. I'm not sure. What causes moodiness or irritability? Well, I used to not believe it, but now I understand it. When people go into therapy, and I'm not going to get into gender issues, but generally speaking, back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, if a person identified herself as a woman and she had a problem with the mood, she'd say she was depressed or angry. And if she brought in a person who identified themselves as a man, and there was violence involved to engage in the therapy, nobody would say he was angry, they would say he was anxious. <laughs> now, when the woman talked about her anxiety, she would never punch holes in the wall or punch anybody out. She would either not want to leave the house or feel short of breath or panicky or feel her heart racing or cold sweats and things like that. But never punch anybody or punch holes. Nope. But to avoid calling anybody angry, to keep them keep going in the therapy, they call them anxious. And I had a real problem with this because I'm a spade calling a spade a spade kind of thing. And in um, a variety of different ways of teaching a person how to name emotion and intuition, you have to name it to be able to respond to it. I mean, wouldn't when we buy lottery tickets, they ask you what the number is <laughs> because you can't win unless you name the number. They don't say, well, you know, we think it may be a four, but it could be a six or a six or a niner. No, it's got to be a four, not four-ish. To be able to respond effectively to an emotion or an intuition, you have to say, be able to name it. It's not anger-ish or anxiety-ish because each emotion has a prototypical response in your body and has a prototypical me message of what to do. Anxiety, nervousness means something is not safe. Anger means something's not fair. Your rights are being violated or a variety of other things, which I'm not going to get into. My point is there is a current, a current movement in the world that anxiety and anger are almost interchangeable. We're back in that therapy again. And they've almost convinced me, almost. What's fascinating in the brain is the area for anger, anxiety, and intuition are actually very close. They've got a point. You get to an age where you go, I'm sorry, I was wrong. <laughs> um, which explains why a lot of people, women, when they change at midlife hormones, they get mixtures of emotions, anxious, angry, irritable, and intuitive. Or what in Yiddish they call agita. You don't know whether you're coming or going. You don't know whether you want to get aggravated or anxious or what. So they call it agita. You're out of sorts. You don't know what you're feeling because it's a mixed mood state. Worse yet, it's related to intuition. You don't know if this is your mood or somebody else's. All you know is you got on the plane, you were fine at the gate. You were eating your Snickers bar, reading your Glamour magazine, or reading, I don't know, true crime. You get on the plane, you sit in the middle seat, and you know it's never bothered you before. And all of a sudden, instantaneously, you're not right with the world. And you feel you're getting a little aggressive, and you don't know why. That's what medical intuition and mood is. Why is that? 
Is that time to call the steward over and go, I could use a real stiff drink? Because that, chances are, that's probably not your correct selection. Because we have a temporal lobe in our brain for emotion, mood, and intuition. And the frontal lobe is the sensor. It's the muzzle. It puts the shut to the up. So as soon as you take alcohol, it disconnects the, the mute button. So as soon as you drink, everything you're feeling comes out at warp 10. I remember going to a holiday dinner. I can't remember if it Christmas, Hanukkah, Easter, or whatever it was. Things were fine. You know, we say the blessing. Everyone's fine, fine, fine. The person seating to my light, not my left, I couldn't figure out if it was a brother-in-law. I don't remember. All I remember is they had one drink. One drink. And they were fine. And then I turned to my left and I went, can you pass me the peas, please? And they went, what gives doctors so goddamn much idea that they can charge so much? Their mood changed in a dime. And I'm like, what in the hell just happened there? It was a change in mental status. They went from a good mood to a bad mood. <laughs> because their frontal lobe came off and they were contained before. But they became emotionally incontinent or bad mood, bad mood. So number one, cause of a bad mood. You become incontinent. What causes you to be incontinent or lose it? When we're children, we don't have a lot of frontal lobes, so we lose it a lot. We lose urine, we pee, or we poop, or we have meltdowns and temper tantrums, and we're sent to take a time out if we're lucky, and we have people who train our frontal lobes. Don't come out until you learn how to contain yourself. Basically, they're teaching you how to have a sphincter or a frontal lobe. So then as you get older, you get more frontal lobe and you learn how to contain it. Only to be able to take things like drinks, beverages, or other kinds of things to lose it. So suffice it to say, there are a variety of things that make us lose it. One is addiction. The other is pressure. Pressure, 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 pressure. Now, I want you to think of people who poke you on the shoulder if you're a mother or a father or a parent. The child pokes you. I remember when I was a camp counselor, I'm just sitting there on the picnic table. They called me Mona back then until I decided I don't like the word Mona. Mona, when are we going to go to the beach? Poking me on the shoulder, the other shoulder. Mona, when are we going to get our canteen? Then five seconds later, Mona, when are we going to go to the beach? Mona, when are we going to get our canteen money? This went on and on and on and on with the tapping on the shoulder, with the tapping on the shoulder, tap, 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 until finally I went, wow, enough. If another person taps me again, I'm going to scoop out their lungs with a melon scoop. It's called that tapping. It overwhelms your reserves. Everybody has a threshold that they can contain noise, sound, poking, crowding. They have a threshold. They can handle number of people per square foot. They can handle maybe five people per square foot, right? They can handle about a, a plane seat, maybe four feet per square foot per leg. They can handle maybe three people per 10 feet. That's the limit. They can handle about three poking on the shoulder per hour, maybe. That's their threshold before they lose it or become emotionally incontinent, and then they blow. I want you to think about how our society 
has put more pressure and exceeded our thresholds. They have crammed more people into smaller seats on the plane, and they've crammed the seats closer and closer together so that your legs are shorter in shorter and more confined places. They make these earbuds, they stick them in, into your ear. They make everybody think they want them so that they're in your ear more and more during the day, which subjects your ear to more decibels per hour, which is like being poked on the shoulder more times per hour. You don't even realize it because you used to be in more contemplative quiet, but your threshold for quiet noise ratio is much, much disturbed than it was before. And there's more. Think of poking on the shoulder input. Used to be the number of pieces of information per minute came to you much slower. If you don't believe me, put on an old Bugs Bunny cartoon. The number of things that happens or idea density or pokes on the shoulder came much slower. You're going to find out if you watch an old cartoon, it, it goes much slower than current day cartoons, which are rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid fire. Actually, they make you nervous and edgy. And actually, after a while, a little irritable, a little on edge. Why? Because they make you release epinephrine, which makes your nerves jittery, and that causes you to get a little irritable. And you don't know why, because it's like poking on the shoulder. It's too crowded. The stimulus is too crowded. It's like people's seats being crowded. Events are squished together. Decibels are squished together. I couldn't believe it. I used to watch Judge Bugs Bunny and I thought it went on very fast. And now I realize it's slow. And as things have happened, we have slowly been subjected to things going faster and faster. Watch the TV. You can't watch the TV. You can't watch the news without that wheel going on the bottom. So your brain is constantly subjected to stimulus so that you then get much higher rate of epinephrine. So that causes you to have more arousal and more irritability. So that's like getting poked on the shoulder, poked on the shoulder. And then after a while, you're like, wow, you're irritable. And you don't realize it until you blow. So your threshold of blowing is much lower. And then all of a sudden they think, well, you know, I think it's global warming. Now, I'm not saying we have a problem with global warming. I think things are heating up because things are spinning faster because we expect things to come faster and faster and faster and faster. If my modem is slower than 300, it's like, why is it taking so long? Why is it taking so long? When really, we used to have dial-up speeds of 80. We're getting a little too... Greedy. Faster and faster, but faster and faster makes you more and more irritable. And so that makes your arousal and mood get out of whack. But there are other things. I talked about the crowding in planes and seats. There's more heat, and heat in the summer makes you irritable. It just plain does. If you put a person or an animal in the cold, they get sluggish. If you heat them up, they get irritable. There are more gunshots, more violence in the summer. End of story. People have hot tempers. Nobody says they have a cold temper. You ever hear anybody go, my God, that person has a cold temper? No, they have a hot temper. Fire, liver fire rising, Chinese medicine. Liver heat, 
They don't say, my God, that has a guy has a cold temperament. They say he's cold fish or she's a cold fish. They have a hot temper, fire. Deception, lying, makes you angry and irritable. You might not even know they're lying to you, but you're irritable. You're like, no. I don't know what it is, but this isn't my first rodeo. So I hired someone for Windows. And I don't know if, the, do I look stupid to you? <laughs> I don't know. I must look like a moron. I don't know what a moron looks like, but something about it, or I talk on the phone, maybe it's my thick accent. I don't know. All I know is they say, well, ma'am, we have to come to your house. And measure it again. I say, okay, apparently I don't know how to use a ruler, but that's okay. I'm open for that. So the person comes to my house and he says, um, we're going to measure it again. I said, okay, it's fine. Not like I'm taking it personally or anything. And he says, what do you know? It's exactly 198 inches. I went, isn't that funny? My ruler equals your ruler. Son of a gun. And he looks at me. He's he's not sure. <laughs> when someone is giving you a line, you might find you're getting irritable, but you're not sure because you want to trust this person because they look so sweet. But you find yourself getting angry and irritable because you want to love them but you find yourself getting angry at yourself for not believing them. You know, there's something bad about me because I want to believe them. Something wrong with me. Why am I so questioning? Because your intuition is telling you they're feeding you a line of garbage. I get picked up and driven from Tampa Airport to the hotel. It's X amount of money. So it takes two hours or something to do that, okay? Then I drop my rental car back at, at an airport that takes 20 minutes. The guy charges me an exorbitant fee. Do I say anything? Nope. Nope. I say nothing. And I tip him. <laughs> I'm irritable all the way back in the, because I don't want to appear racist. I get back in the hotel and then I say to the hotel person, is this a lot of money? Because you're questioning yourself. But you find yourself irritable the rest of the night. Why? Because if you're ineffective in handling a situation and you didn't handle your anger about it in a certain way. Now, I'm not saying you blast the person. You have to handle it in an effective way. If you don't, it goes down into your body. It goes to your adrenal gland. The adrenal gland produces epinephrine. And it gives you a jitteriness. And then it's, it goes, it takes whatever body fat you do have, converts progesterone, which is mood stabilizer, to excess estrogen, which can make you either have depression or mixed mood states. And so you have like an irritability and an anxiety. And for the rest of the night, you are out of sorts because you don't feel it was fair. You feel it was overcharged and you're mad at yourself because you paid it and you tipped them. <laughs> but then you feel that if you did anything about it, you would have been racist. The whole thing is a mess and it works the rest of your night and you're out of sorts. These kinds of things of deception and unfairness Unskillfulness messes up our mood. And as life gets more and more complicated by complicated racial issues and complicated social issues, and what is the correct thing to do? It used to be easier when you asked a pastor or a priest, a rabbi, or a family member or a trusted friend. 
But now you go on social media and then you get this huge reaction. Huge. <laughs> well, this person is disenfranchised. Don't you realize you're a protected class, blah, 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 blah. And then you really, because it amplifies it. So if you were in a mood to begin with, you have amplification. And it can't resolve because it reminds you because it's in perpetuity. So that's one of the reasons why we also have intuition because then we're keyed into all these other people who amplify our mood, who we are then intuitively connected to. And then they say it goes viral. Which leads me to the next thing. Viruses. Viruses create cytokines, chronic inflammation in our body that can alter our brain and cause us to be encephalopathic or irritable. So people who have chronic inflammatory states due to viruses like EBV, I'm going to circle back to what happened on social media. So just be careful. You don't want to get whiplash. Chronic viral states, chronic allergies, you're more likely to get what is affectionately called encephalopathic. You're like, because you're not right. It's like how you feel before a fever. You feel irritable. And it goes down. If you're in an ICU, it's called a delirium. You're inattentive. You're a little distracted. You're achy. The key is if you have problems where you're constantly activated and hypervigilant against viruses, most of us, our immune system sequesters them and put them at bay. So most of us, 98% of us have Epstein-Barr virus and most of us can put it and hide it in our body. The same thing with Heliopactor pylori in our stomach. The same thing with herpes zoster, the chickenpox virus that hides in our spinal cord. But if you're stressed, if you don't feel safe and secure, if you don't have a network of people, it comes out and it gets constantly activated. So we learn to be tolerant of differences among us in our life, in the world. So we learn to, if we're Democrats, we learn to feel tolerant of public Republicans. If we're Republicans, we learn to be tolerant of Democrats. Because if we get angry all the time, the anger goes down to our adrenal gland, our adrenal gland removes the progesterone, which is a mood stabilizer. And we get, ah, 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 which then makes us irritable. And then when we're sitting next to them in a plane, we know they hate us. They've got a face mask. I don't. That means they're a Democrat. <laughs> oh, stop. You know what I'm talking about. You knew we were going to get there. Or they don't have a face mask and you do. Selfish. Selfish. That's what's going on, and we're not talking about it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So all these people, well, I don't eat wheat. I don't eat dairy. I can't begin to tell you how many different diets we can go down the list. Well, I don't eat meat. I don't eat canaries. I don't eat dandelions. <laughs> My point is, much of the annoyance is it's not fair. It's not right. Why did they think that way? Well, because they just think. So this anger of I'm right, they're wrong, things should be different, is a thought that keeps anger going and keeps irritability going and keeps the whole argument going and everything goes to hell in a handbasket because it is virtual poking. Yeah, it is. Poke, poke, poke on the shoulder. 
Mona, when are we going to go to the beach? Mona, when are we going to do this? Because it's poking back and forth, back and forth. I remember in the back of the car, when we argued going across the country in the station wagon, pick, 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 pick. Stay on your side of the car. Stay on your side of the car. Your foot's on my side of the car. My father would go, if I have to pull this car over by the side of the road, if I have to raise my voice, that's what's going on. Bunch of kids, bunch of kids, bunch of kids. Back and forth, back and forth, back. I don't want to hear it. You go, but I have a point. Hey, listen, I don't want to hear it. Because it leads to guns, fighting, pushing, shoving. All kinds of crap. People opening the door in the middle of the plane on the way, you know, when they were in the air. What kind of crap is that? I mean, this is ridiculous. This is what I'm talking about. Because you know damn well when you're sitting in the seats, now all of a sudden all these windows start opening up in the middle of this thing. When you're sitting there in the seats, you intuitively know they hate you because of something. And you get anxious, and then you get irritable. So on my way to Sarasota, everything happens on the way to getting hyperbaric. I'm just an innocent person. I'm five foot two, crooked with a bad back. Okay, but I love my back just the way it is. So I go up to a very popular rental car agency, and I have a printed out in my little book my reservation number and I even cut out a picture of the car and it says I have this convertible or um, facsimile. Okay. So I know that they're not going to give me something else like a Kia or something like that. Okay. So I drag my spinal challenged body up to the front, and this woman's chewing gum. Can I help you? We're in this town that's related to a football team, and I am non-football looking, and they usually save these convertibles, red ones, on weekends where there are games for not people like me. Apparently, I found that out in the weekend. So I arrived and I said, I'm very excited for my convertible. She said, you're not getting the convertible. I looked at her and I went, why? She said, you're not getting one. <laughs> it's like she's a soup Nazi. She's like a convertible Nazi. No soup for you. No convertible for you. So my mood started to shift. I could feel my lip going up. And she said, we don't have any convertibles. I said, you ever see that Seinfeld episode? <laughs> she was not amused. And she was not a Seinfeld fan. She said, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, Jerry Seinfeld goes into a, a Hertz or Avis round car. And he's, the lady says, we don't have any more cars. He says, but I have a reservation. She says, but I don't even have any more cars. And she said, anybody can take a reservation. You have to hold the reservation. So I'm delivering this brilliant comedic episode to her and she's not even cracking a smile so you know i'm not going to get anywhere with this one suffice it to say i said you took my reservation but you didn't hold the reservation she still doesn't get it and so she just chews a gum in my face and says so i'm getting aggravated now i'm getting irritable bad mood bad mood bad mood but i'm keeping it all on the side because I knew intuitively something else was going on here. So you have to find that if your intuition, when you start to get in a bad mood, is it because you're disappointed because this feels unfair? Or are you picking up something else? Are you picking up their emotion? Watch this. Because it may not be your mood at all. You might think, well, I'm just mad and angry about the car. Or I'm just mad or angry because I need to eat. No, it may not be that at all. Be smart. She says, I have no more convertibles. I said, well, what else do you have? Anything but a Kia. 
And she says, how about this Kia? I said, did you just tell me? How about this Kia? (laughs) Did I not just say anything but a Kia? And she said, that's a better car than the one you reserved. I said, I don't care. She said, I thought you had a bad back. You can't sit in a bad in a convertible with a bad back. I said, you know what? If I want to sit in a dump truck, <laughs> I'm gonna sit in a dump truck. And she said, I don't like your attitude. I said, I want my convertible. She said, and you can sit down in that car until I'm ready to give you a car. I said, okay. <laughs> So I sat down and called American Express, and American Express was really horrified by it. And they, um, oh, one last thing, because I was really, remember now, intuition. I said, I'd like to speak to the manager, please. She said, okay. So a guy was walking by. She said, he's the manager. She goes, uh, he's the manager. I said, no, he's not. She went, what? I said, no, he's not. And he said, I'm the manager. I said, no, you're not. <laughs> he said, how do you know I'm not the manager? I said, you're not the manager. He said, why? I say, because you're not old enough, annoyed enough, and look like your ass has been chewed up enough by Central. And he said, you're wrong. I'm the manager. I said, no, you're not. Stop saying that. That's another reason why you'll get annoyed if someone lies to you. It doesn't matter. They're going to continue to lie to you. Don't let it get to you. So she tells me to sit down. She doesn't like my attitude. I said, fine. You're lying to me. And so American Express calls and they produce the real manager, a guy that looks embalmed, like I described, older, embalmed, and looks like he's had his ass chewed out by central office, like in, you know, Topeka, Kansas. And he produces what? A red convertible. And she gives it to me. She does the transaction and she looked like she was going But my point is, watch what happens next. It just came out of my mouth. It was like every other reading I do. Now, you have to understand what I do for a living if this is new to you. Knowing only someone's name and age over the phone, I describe a specific emotional situation in their life that I see aggravates their health. And then knowing only their name and age over the phone, I describe their physical body, head, eyes, ears, neck, thyroid, heart, breast, lungs, every organ system looking for the presence of health or disease. I don't give you a diagnosis, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. If that sounds mechanical, it is, because I've been doing it for 37 flipping years. I didn't even realize what I was doing because I was tired, in pain, hungry, right? So I looked at her. I wasn't even thinking. I had a face mask on. I went, Hey, you know something? (laughs) She went, what? I went, I don't always wear this face mask, you know. She went, excuse me? I said, I know here that I'm the only person in this entire airport in this state that's wearing a face mask. And so I know that if I'm wearing a face mask right now, you think I'm a Democrat. And everyone's looking at me and they're not liking me. Because they're Republican and they're looking at me like I'm a Democrat because I can see it. I can see it. And she smiled at me. I said, but I want you to know I'm nothing. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm not nothing. I'm just someone who spent a long time in a ventilator because she died in the operating room and had to be resuscitated and has scarred lungs. So I want you to know this face mask doesn't mean I'm anything. And her mouth dropped. I said, I was just telling you in the event you needed to tell someone else if it ever come up. You know what I mean? And then I said, I think she thought she was going to lose her teeth and I have to pick them up from the pavement. I said, the other thing is, there's a big football game this weekend, isn't there? She goes, yeah. I said, I thought so. Because... Don't a lot of the football players come in here and want when they arrive, like tomorrow, convertibles? Yeah. I said, so that's probably why there's an issue with convertibles, right? That those guys want them. Big guys. And I'm just little person here who likes convertible. I said, I race cars. 
I like to go fast. <laughs> she gives me the keys and I get the hell out of there because this is the key. I intuitively knew what was going on. She was discriminating against me. She didn't like me and she was fussing with me. And you know the real word I'm using. And a lot of times you'll find you're getting irritable and in a bad, bad mood. And it's intuitive. Don't medicate yourself. Don't drink. Be skillful. Find the intuition behind the mood. But you've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa. Get a convertible. It improves your mood. And you know what happens when you get out of the car? People smile at you. They smile and smile and smile because they don't expect it. So now I'm going to open up the phones. People are smiling because they don't expect it. How can I be of help? Who wants a reading? Is someone at that counter? Yes. How can I be of help, Annalita? You can unmute yourself. Thank you. I have. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you, I discovered recently on Amazon that Dr. Marsha Linehan has her DBT skills book there available as well as the handbook. You had recommended to me a long time ago to uptake DBT and I haven't been a good student in as far as having not done it yet. Then I saw the book and I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could get permission to have the book at the same time as I would pursue it further. But then I'm also known to intellectualize. So, um, let me explain. If you look at that, first of all, the book, the, the book book, not the skills workbook, the book is incomprehensible. It's a textbook. So you might as well just put that aside for a second. The skills training would be the equivalent if you tried to buy a um, handbook on how to ride a bike or how to ride drive a sports car. Now, you can imagine the operation of one's brain for mood regulation and intuition, how to regulate your mood and your body reaction in response to what's going on in your life and somebody else is what DBT is called skills training. Um, you can't really learn how to do that in a manual. I have in my um, my bathroom a manual that um, we used to have at the lab. I used to work in a blood lab. It's the first lab I worked in. It's a Naval Blood Research Lab. It was half B and half the Navy. And everybody who was there were like hippies and they all had Volkswagens. And they had this huge manual that they used to fix the Volkswagen. The thing was, it was all greasy and stained. And they all had it, and they went out in the parking lot during lunch, and they fixed their Volkswagens. The problem was, even though they all had the manual, they all needed help to figure out how to use the manual. Mm -hmm. So they had like this little group of people, skills training for Volkswagen repair, and they used the manual. So they didn't like have a group check-in or anything and then have a coach. But they all did that together. DBT is similar. It's a two-hour class class, and a one-hour coach each week. And there is a manual. But it's like Volkswagen repair. Your brain and body of the Volkswagen and how to operate it, two-hour class and one-hour coach. Do you get it? That's why it doesn't help because those pages in the guidebook are incomprehensible. I've taken it and I've taught it and it doesn't mean anything until somebody walks you through it and goes, oh my God. The other thing is you want to learn, if you want to understand it, um, it's like a lab. Um, if you watch the movie, My Cousin Vinny, um, Marissa Tomei is talking about um, and her boyfriend, Vinny. He's talking about when he was trying to work with the judge, he couldn't. He was working um, in a garage fixing cars. 
And same thing, learning how to fix your brain is working, learning how to fix a car. And the only way to do it is to actually do it in a group and getting in this close training group. And he said, and he says, you know what? It's it's you screw up and you get the guidebook and you screw up. So he says, you know, the time that you sit there and you try to put a carburetor in, but you put the wrong thing in, and the next thing you know, you learn the, bat, the hard way and the whole thing falls down and you got to pick it up and do it all again. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the same thing. Each week you try the skills and then you have a check-in with your coach. You say, did you try the skill? I forgot. Mm-hmm. What happened? Well, there was an argument. Do you know what I mean? So. And then the next week, did you try the skill? Yeah. What happened? Well, I got a little loud. <laughs> How'd that work? Didn't go well. Well, you know, you drop the carburetor. Next week, you'll try harder. So each week, you use the guidebook. You drop. You use a skill at a time. You like learn how to fix the carburetor. That might be wise mind. The next one is dear man. And then there's emotional regulation for certain moods. And then there's radical acceptance. You might know that my book is tabbed. And I have multiple ones. I have four downstairs, three upstairs, several on the left side of the house and several on the right side of the house. Because, you you know, you got to pull over right away to use the book. And I have a tendency of giving them to all my friends and family so that if I'm ever using the skill with them, I can refer to the correct page. Got it? Didn't catch the word. Your book is what? Cat? Tabbed. I put labels on the pages so I can put it really quickly. Got it. Got it? That's a great question. I have another one. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Your second question? Yeah. So. But that's what it does. Just to answer the question for people who listen to the show. DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, dialectic means it teaches you how to be able to handle two opposing motions at the same time. So example, people have trouble handling love, someone they love, and getting angry with them because that's a dialectic, meaning die, two opposing emotions, love, which is a positive emotion, and anger, which is a negative. So they tend to not want to get angry with them. So I figure this person is new to this country. I want to love them. So even though it was an exorbitant amount, I just paid. And then I just ignored the anger. I stuffed it inside, went into the hotel, asked. And then I stuffed the anger myself inside. And then I was irritable for the rest of the evening. And didn't even know it until I looked at my heart rate variability in the morning and realized it was a mess. It went right to my cardiac system. And DBT, they would call that heart unskillful because I was not able to do a dialectic, manage a positive emotion's love and a negative emotion, anger. So they teach you wise mind how to observe, describe, allow. And then dear man, they teach you how to take an emotion Name it, respond effectively, and release it after factors to consider. And then you choose an intensity. I did don't ask, don't tell. Like, you know, your standard stock lockjaw technique. I said nothing. And I gave him a tip. It's ridiculous. I went in the opposite direction. Got it? It's rare. People don't do that, do they? Of course they do. They overgive to medicate their anger. I'll show you. You're being, you're being, you're being unfair. I'll be even better. <laughs> I'll see your unfairness and crookedness, and I'll even be even more righteous. <laughs> That's classic Mona Lisa. What an idiot. Anybody else? It's just not skillful. It ends up, next thing you know, later on in the day, you're irritable and you don't know why. 
it's interesting. Our animals pick up our moods. Um, I was away and these machinations were happening and my cats were destroying my house. I go away every two months. This time, they completely decimated an entire Diagon Alley Lego set. A village, four houses. They destroyed it. There's a picture on Instagram. How does that happen? I mean, they knocked it over the shelf. You could knock something off, but, you know, there's some remnants. No, it was leveled. It was like a Category 5 tornado just went right through, and they were shredded. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you what other mayhem and foolishness they did. I've never seen anything like it. And, I mean, they can pick them up intuitively. And so animals pick up other people's feelings. We pick them up for other people. And they act it out. So if you don't know how you're feeling, just look at the adjacent person. If they're not right, you can say, you know, are you angry about something? No, not so much. And they'll slam a, a closet door or something. And they're responding to you. So if nobody so, else has a question, I can... Go ahead. I can volunteer another one. So I have a mess around me, literally a mess at in certain areas and corners. And I've had it for years. And I've been saying for years, before I can move on with anything constructive, I need to tidy up the house. How to get out of that pattern, i.e. also stuck in, I think, passive aggressive. Okay, stop, stop, stop. You just did it. And Lita, you just did it. What did you just do? Okay. First of all, stop using terms like passive aggressive. Because if that term hasn't illustrated a solution to your problem, then the term is not helpful. If the term has not illuminated a solution out of your problem, then the term is not helpful, even if it were accurate. Solutions or diagnoses or whatever are only helpful if they illustrate a solution or treatment out of it. So you use the word passive aggressive. If that was in fact an accurate term, if it is or not, it's not been helpful because it hasn't illustrated, illuminated the path out of your problem. But let's just talk about what you say is a lot of um, mayhem and foolishness that you claim. Client claims a disaster area, okay? And then you follow it up right away with other stuff. But what you did was you cluttered the question. Like you claimed that your environment was cluttered. And that means that you are so cluttering this question that you are not allowing space for answers. So therefore, you don't do that. You put commas in or you put a period. In a waltz, da, 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 space, da, 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 da. They give you a space a quietness for another instrument to come in. That's what an orchestra is about. I've played in a lot of orchestras. It's really cool and it works. Is that you play your thing and then you shut the hell up and then another, another instrument in the orchestra comes in. But they can't come in if you don't shut the hell up and if you keep playing, you won't hear them. So you learn to stop your tone, allow quiet, so you can hear the other instrument. But you didn't do that. You kept going on 
and didn't allow the answer to the question. You cluttered it. So this is what you do. Every day, comma, for 20 minutes in the morning, comma, you set a timer, period, and you start in an area in one part of the room. And you set the clock for 20 minutes. You're going to have a problem with this. And I'll tell you why. Fifth center. Willfulness and willingness. Willfulness and willingness is skill radical acceptance. Will, willingness is willing to, willing to accept what is. And willfulness is trying to change everything at once. And wise mind is a balance of both. And learning to tolerate the moment is wise mind. It's mindfulness. So you start for 20 minutes fixing that area. And whatever fixing means, the clock will go off. And then you put your hands down. Like the SAT test, you put your pencil down, close your booklet, and don't start in, I don't know, we're in Germany, we didn't have an SAT test. Think of some test you took in Germany or Switzerland or whatever you took. Don't start going in with the details. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Make it up. <laughs> you close your test booklet, you put your pencil or your pen down, and you leave the room. I don't care. Resist the impulse to say, well, I have just another minute left. It doesn't matter. Don't put your hand down. It is treatment interfering behavior to ask a question now. You are cluttering and you are being willful. You simply tolerate the moment because the whole point is to teach you to balance doing and not doing. So you get up. And you leave. Otherwise, if you continue to go until the task is done, which it never is, then you get good and irritable and you sacrifice the rest of the day, which is joy. And the idea is to have a balanced nutrients of all the different areas in your life. First center, family. Second center, relationship and money. Third center, work or avocation or calling. Fourth center, children or parent. Fifth center, voice in the world. Sixth center, intellect. And seventh center, purpose in life or spirituality. Is to shutter, shuttle between all those areas. So if you have to set a clock because you get stuck on something, so be it. If you have to be ushered out of there with a lead like a canine or feline, so be it. But that is fine. But that is about willfulness and willingness. And you can call it, you can call it passive aggressive or obsessive or mm -hmm. something with the SSIVE at the end of it. It matters not because the solution mm -hmm. is behavioral. The label is not giving you a solution. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. Try the label. Mm -hmm. And that's true with anybody. Now, I'm not saying I have that all together because this morning I was supposed to be doing my um, reading lessons. And what did I do? I completely redid the first and second floor of my house, my Lego house, because of the window guide came here the other day, measuring. I hope I have been of some help. I want to welcome, I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa. Have a great day.
I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.